0: I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. No intro this week, no special guests, just the UPO crew hanging out around the table, and uh we've come up with a uh the hot topic of discussion that's kind of been coming in and out of the conservation spectrum this week and that's the the duck stamp duck stamp contest yeah go ahead
1: i'll say the duck stamp in itself the we talked a little bit prior to the history of it of itself is pretty cool
0: so it came about in uh 1934 President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed the Migratory Bird Hunting Stamp Act or the Duck Stamp Act and an increasingly concerned nation took firm action to stop the destruction of wetlands vital of the survival of migratory waterfowl. So 16, all waterfowl hunters 16 years of age and over have to buy a duck stamp. And then you have a junior duck stamp as well, which I'm not sure what the, do you know what the age regulations on that
1: one are? Oh, no, I have
0: no idea. i have to look that up. But that one's $5 versus your 25 bucks, I think, is what we're up to now. 25, 26 bucks on the duck stamp. But the first ever one in uh, 1934 was the... A dollar. A dollar, yeah, but that was the good old Hen Mallard and Hen and Drake Mallard.
2: Raised over $700 million to conserve over 5.2 million acres. And now, after nearly a century... We have to start including everyone, ripping the value out of that too.
1: Yeah. The first duck stamp was cashed and designed by J. N. Ding Darling, the director and Bureau Biologist Survey, uh, in nineteen forty nine.
0: So the duck stamp, you know, you have to have it to hunt ducks. Yeah.
1: But, but it also, oh no, you say
0: ahead. it also gets you into uh, refuges. Yeah. For bird but,
1: watchers and. Yeah. It's for everybody. And it was at. Uh, they're normally a pretty cool. I mean, they, like a collector's item, too, because they're always normally a pretty cool painting.
0: They are really neat to see. The last year was the, the Black Belly Whistling Duck, which also happened to be the same stamp that was. It was also Black Belly Whistling Duck the year I was born. Uh, the season that I was born in. Yours was a Mallard. Yeah. And. I was scrolling through that earlier, but still 98 cents of every dollar goes back to conservation, wetland conservation from the duck stamp. So every year that stuff's going to either procure new wetlands or lease wetlands because they estimate over the next, over the next 65 years. I think it said, let me see if I can find it. I just read it earlier, but they expect ducks to be losing habitat and because of drought, and because you've got generational drought out west right now uh, that's shutting down, you know, they're shutting down dams and everything else. And we're looking at the Hoover dams in rough shape because the water's so low, they're having to divert water so farmers can still
3: irrigate their crops. And but any, with any idea what duck made it the most times, one of the most times,
1: I don't know. No, that's something to Google. You guys go ahead and do that. And I'll say that. Uh, on, what's on Google. What's Joe Rogan's guy that does that? Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> we need a Jamie. <laughs> I'll play you Jamie know, or, right
2: now. Or on the subject of economics and going all over that stuff, it's not just the duck stamp. Right, B. The duck stamp eventually led to more duck hunting, which led to the organization of Ducks Unlimited, which led to the organization of other comp- other similar organizations. But if I'm not mistaken, Ducks Unlimited these days is clearing 230, 250, 300 million dollars that goes into conservation. Yeah. So, you know, I know a lot of our listeners were preaching to the choir, but I'm a little, I'm a little miffed about the whole idea that, like I said, everybody gets to play in the duck stamp contest. Why? Because it's fair. Well, it's not fair. Screw your fare. Nobody's paying the freight except for the sportsmen. That's just the way it is. All right. That's not an absolute term. Yes. A few other organizations kick in a little bit. But for everybody that's out there enjoying the animals and everybody that's out there enjoying the conservation, they have people that shoot and people that hunt and people to fish to think. That's, well, and I guess boat owners to a certain extent because they're out there driving boat fuel. After that, your list is a bunch of also-rans. So a lot of it started with the duck stamp.
0: So what do you think about them uh, adding and then taking away the hunting aspect on the duck stamp here in the most recent years? Or the mandatory? So they made the, the hunting aspect mandatory last year and then now took that away where it's no longer mandatory to be part of it. I personally, I have no problem with it. I don't think it needed to be mandatory in the first place, uh, mainly because when they made it mandatory, it kind of looked like a lot of these duck stamp contest entries had drawn up this beautiful scene with a duck in it, and then they went, this is mandatory. And then they kind of just went back in there and penciled something in so that it kind of fit. I don't like seeing the shotgun shells in the water, although I know it does happen. Um, And I, I don't understand the... The, the duck calls in the water never did quite get that. That was that was pretty big, but this year, you know, the one that just won this year. Uh, let's see, that was James Hotman with the 2022 23 federal duck stamp. Uh, with the, the pair of redheads on it, the Hen and Drake redhead, his hunting aspect you've got a like a duck boat in the background of the picture going across the lake. Which I think he did a really good job of illustrating that in there. Was it
3: a duck boat being pulled by another duck boat? Because it could have been Jordan. No, it wasn't. No, No. (laughs) wow.
1: No man, just just saying.
2: You know, I do have obviously strong opinions about things, and I think the mandatory hunting aspect was was the way to go. I understand that there may be a handful of people out there that are buying duck stamps that don't hunt. I, I would. I, would actually very much encourage people, and do encourage people, that if they really want to contribute to conservation, that's one of the best things they can do is just buy a duck stamp. But you know, I, we're under we're under attack from too many other places.
1: I really kind of agree with that William, though that it, it it really could have been done a lot better because, like this year's, you just got in the bottom corner of it two duck calls.
0: Arguably, I I haven't looked at the twenty, twenty-two, twenty-three 23 entries to see if knowing ahead of time, they knew that you, you know, they had like forewarning that the the hunting aspect was going to be added. You had to have it in there. Yeah. So it may have been done a little better this year. A lot of the entries where you see, like I'm looking at here on the computer screen where the, the, the duck boats in the background of the, of the picture. But I don't know. I I hadn't looked at any of the entries. But you did have some this year that drew some attention where you had the duck hunting the hunter.
1: I'm trying to, I don't know how old this article is, but I have an article right here that says this year marks the 80th anniversary. Could have been last year when this article was written. I don't, it's on DU's page. This year marks the 80th anniversary of the federal duck stamp. Since its enactment, this landmark has initiated and generated more than 900 million. To conserve nearly six million acres of wetland across the United States. Whoa. Nine hundred million dollars and six million acres of wetland.
2: I, I thought it was seven hundred and five, so.
1: Based off the sales of a stamp. Yeah. I'm That's old. crazy. But it's about the duck.
3: It's, it's about, all about yeah. conservation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. all about
0: wetlands and and purchasing wetlands. I mean, we arguably owe the, the duck hunting we have today to the federal duck stamp program in Pittman Robertson.
1: Approximately 98 cents out of every duck stamp dollar is spent to acquire or lease lands for the national wildlife refuge system.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know if there's any data out there and if they can track that, but what percentage of duck stamps are sold to people that don't actually hunt? That's, nice that's my whole beef is come on. Like, why not recognize the people that are paying the freight? It's like this giant secret. Yeah. Nobody wants to know. Nobody wants to believe that, yeah, it's it's the hunters that are actually doing the work and paying. So, and Not just doing the work, but paying the freight most of the time. I get what you're saying.
0: And I don't think that anybody discounts the fact that hunters pay for that. The hunters are the large majority that's buying a, a duck stamp. But give me a reason outside of being a hunter, why you would actively search out to buy a duck stamp, unless you were a, a, a bird watcher and understood. Cause I, I'm sure as heck not going to be $25 to mail a letter.
1: You know what I mean? <clears throat> Each year about 25% of all duck stamps are purchased by Im- individuals who do not hunt waterfowl. How many?
2: 25%. All right. I mean, thank you.
1: Hey, No, <laughs> actually I think
2: I, I'm softening a little bit. <laughs> That's, that's that that is, that is new data, you know. New data changes. Yep, yeah. yeah, that's actually fantastic. That's a quarter of the people that buy it. That's pretty good. And how many dust? I'm skeptical to that, but that is fantastic. If that's, that's
0: if du, that's true. du's website. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't. You could deny that, but yeah. I I wouldn't. It,
1: I'd it say they put more uh, no. research into it than I had. So. No no no, <laughs> I, I,
2: no I'm not. I, I've got no reason to dispute that. And I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that it's that high. If you had asked me before that, I'd have said less than two. Oh, yeah. No, I would agree with that. I still think hunters should be on there, though.
1: Now, Many of these stamps are bought by collectors and avid conservationists who support habitat programs funded by duck stamp sales.
2: God bless them.
0: Now, tell me why the price of a duck stamp differs state to state. I did not know that it does. I, If I remember correctly, last year... Uh, the first year I bought a duck stamp, I bought it in, in Florida. It was like twenty six fifty. I think Florida throws that extra, yeah, tax on there. Yeah, and then how much processing tax. It says twenty five dollars. Twenty five dollars, yeah. but you have an addition. If you look what you actually paid for it, it's more than that. I've actually bought it And I actually last year bought my duck stamp in the state of Georgia because it was cheaper than Florida.
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> it's probably the, that's
3: probably the processing fee.
0: Yeah, probably. But, but yeah. still, yeah. You have a federal fee that's mandated at at 25 bucks, and then whatever the processing fee goes into that. Because I I have bought it in in, um, Georgia because it was cheaper. Not that a dollar really matters. Did you buy it online in Georgia? Did you buy it somewhere? Yep, bought it online. At a local vendor. Bought it online. I don't know that I've ever... And that's that's a sad talking point right there. Is try and walk into a, a post office where you should be able to buy a duck stamp and try and buy a duck stamp. Half of the postmasters have no idea what you're talking about.
1: When I lived in Tangerine, I tried to buy stamp there, and they don't sell them there. You got to go to, like, the post office in Tavares.
0: The head post office.
1: Yeah. And then they only have a handful. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't know that I've ever bought one successfully to post office either. Maitland, Longwood, Altamont Springs, no luck. But earlier you mentioned, I'm not going to spend $25 to mail a letter. You, yeah. You realize even though they sell them at the post office which kind of makes sense it it's not postage.
0: You 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 couldn't put that on a letter and mail it.
2: Not if the post office was playing by the rules. I know. <laughs> you you'd you'd like to think that. We're like, yeah, oh, the guy spent 25 bucks. I'll I'll make sure his letter gets to the right place but it's actually not postage.
3: I
0: mean I would I would honor. hope they would mail it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: 50 cents was it what's a regular stamp now the cost of a regular yeah. stamp i'd be able to mail that sucker to Russia if i wanted to for 25 dollars
0: let's see a cost of a first class a cost of a stamp is currently sitting at 58 cents
2: you know it might be worth picking up a bunch of those forever stamps because the rate of postage is probably going up yeah, at, it, at a fairly significant rate. So just but how many people lock them down? How many people mail anything anymore these days?
0: Yeah, it's true. Listen, I have forever stamps in the house from basic training. Forever. <laughs> yeah, from basic training. Give me my but, money back then. No, yeah. we're going to use
1: them on hats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when I had, we
3: probably bought them for you when you went to basic training. It's, you it's possible, it and, and you probably never wrote letters.
0: I wrote letters home, but. I had a, a big old book of them dang stamps. I bet I probably only have six or so left, and I, I used them most of the time when I was in the army and I was mailing birthday cards home to people. I'd go dig around in the drawer, find one of those stamps, slap it on the front <laughs> of an envelope, and mail it to the house. <laughs> so I've been working off the same set of stamps for the last twelve years. It tells you how many letters I mail. Yeah,
2: <laughs> we go through a fair amount of them. Though I still have, I still have business checks from. Covia, or maybe a bank before that. They've been bought two or three times. <laughs> Doesn't matter what the name of the bank on the check is, as long as your ABA routing number and bank account number is the same, still work. But yeah, man, you're talking about how many people mail letters, mailing letters and writing checks. Yep, we're probably the last generation that's gonna even like what you used to.
3: Yeah, I, I got remember. a. Uh...
0: I can't remember the last time I wrote a check, but I do know when I wrote that check, I was sitting there going, looking at the lines. I'm like, what goes here? <laughs> yeah. That's a, yeah, we put that there, <laughs> yeah. and then I write.
1: <laughs> oh, man, I got, a, I got into my mailbox the other day to get a stamp out of it, or not to get a stamp, but to just check the mail, and there was a letter in there. It had stamps on it, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, man, this is kind of neat. Who's writing me a letter? Right, open it up. Extended car warranty? Jehovah's Witness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mailed me a letter. I've seen those come to our house before, too. I was
1: like, son of a gun. Have me excited.
0: Give, give it time. The dang uh, solar people and the extended car warranty, they'll start writing letters, too. But you're going to open up. It's it, They're going to have a... Uh, one of those, like the little e, the little uh, cards that talk to you when you open it up, you open the letter, we've been trying to reach you about your card's extended warranty. You close it back, open it back up again. <clears throat> or it'll be like, have you seen the one um, where at uh, the birthday cards, where you open them up and as soon as they start playing, they don't stop till the battery dies?
3: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think birthday cards are probably about the only thing that gets mailed these days. Probably. I know I got three. Three last week. Two. Three.
0: But they don't... People don't write letters anymore. Email. Email, text Text. message. Yeah. Yeah. But the... the, Gotta buy that federal duck stamp every year. I wish I would have kept the ones from the first time I, I bought a duck stamp. But I don't have those anymore. I've started keeping them now. But I... I mean, it's attached to my license. So I need to start buying doubles. Yeah. That way I have one that stays on the sheet and another one that I had I use.
2: It's art. It is. Put it in frame. It is. I do like them when I see them, when I see somebody that's actually taking the time to go out and assemble 20 or 30 of them together and put it in frame, it looks great. But I, I'm like, well, but thir- I'll be- I'm will already 50. I'll be yeah. 80 by the time I got something looks cool. Or I got to go out and buy the past issues.
0: Oh, if you want to buy the past issue, you can buy the first Federal Duck stamp. $1,500. $1,500 on eBay.
1: Oh,
3: that Jeez. On? Okay, well, oh, on eBay. So that money doesn't go
0: anywhere. Yeah. Except it just for whoever goes, has that. Whoever yeah. had that stamp, it goes back to that person.
2: And they only paid a dollar for it. <laughs> yeah. It would be it
0: would be interesting to see that to if you could get somebody who had a stamp like that to donate it to conservation to raffle off some stuff like that. I bet it would go pretty decent at a at a good ducks unlimited banquet or something like that. If you had a rarer of the duck stamps, like the first one of the first few, and you wanted to auction it off, I bet they could make a pretty decent pretty decent money that way. And it would then at that point it would go back to conservation, wetlands and other projects.
2: You're onto something.
1: Yeah. I would like to have a stamp for each duck that I get mounted, I like the canvas back. And you go find a like one of the cooler canvas back stamps.
0: Some of the other ones you, you can you can pick up fairly well, I say fairly cheap. Um, but they're still probably far more than what they what they cost in the first place. Let's see the last time the canvas back well you can get it with the nineteen thirty five. That was the second year it was made, those canvas back. <laughs> yeah, what am i looking at five hundred dollars for a stamp Or let's see if we go on ebay and we search 1935
1: 36 it stamp more, for sale more than the mount well, you can get one right here
0: this is used oh that's not it that's
3: that's that's not the right stamp well, bore
2: people to death looking things up on the internet and chat about Think
3: how much money they could yeah. make or for conservation if they would go back and reproduce some of the old stamps and resell them.
1: Yeah. Just like Jordan
3: talking about, if he he would like to get one of the canvas back. I mean, even if they doubled the price. I'd pay fifty bucks for one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, why not? I mean, I don't think you'd see ninety-eight cents on the dollar go back to no. conservation on that. But still, if you got seventy cents on the dollar, that's more than what you are getting out of a duck stamp, and you wouldn't sell near as many
3: because it would be like a novelty item. You wouldn't have to have it. Well, let's face it; they're made. They're computer made with a computer, so right, it wouldn't be hard. No.
0: that's another thing you can you can be onto something there. I'm going to submit all these comments to the uh, federal. U.S. Fish and Wildlife.
1: That's a U.S. Fish and Wildlife. Yeah.
2: I assume that at this point every duck has been on a duck stamp. But has the has the lowly coot ever made it? <laughs> I don't think so.
0: The moorhen? I don't
1: think so. I don't know why.
0: Mallard, Canberstack. And there's so many
1: people that have so, so much animosity towards them for some reason.
2: It's because they're common.
0: But you get the the, the dang mallard has made it several times. They're Extremely common.
1: That's because people worship mallards. The
0: merganser made it in 1956.
1: The merganser needs to make it again.
0: (laughs) Uh, The common merganser made it in 1956. It's the best eaten duck there is out there.
1: Easy Mm. now, don't give away all the the secrets.
0: (laughs) The hooded merganser made it in
2: 1968. The grebe. I don't
1: think I've seen a (laughs) grebe
2: yet. (laughs) Well, they're not ducks. You know, not, like, coots, grebes, moorhens,
3: none of them are ducks. Just waterfowl. Yeah.
0: But there's geese on here.
3: Uh, Hooded, Hooded mergansers made it three times.
0: I don't think I don't think that the coot is pretty enough.
1: I'll say that the merganser's a beautiful duck, though. Mm-hmm. Mallard's made it six.
3: Canvasback's made it six.
0: There's but all, uh, but you, you know, you talk about them not being ducks. There's geese. Geese technically
2: aren't ducks. Geese are,
0: geese are geese. 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 yeah. <laughs> brants are
2: brants, but they're still covered under the uh, migratory waterfall.
0: And I guess you're right, because then you know moorhens and stuff aren't.
2: Coots are migratory. Migrate, yeah. Coots are migratory waterfall. Are they not?
1: They are. They
0: are. They migrate at night, though. I'll say I've never seen them migrate, and they but migrate at night. And more moorhens are not. Correct. Correct. They just hang out year round and make a lot of racket in the reeds, and they taste delicious.
3: Well, there's a list of of what species can be.
0: Uh... Yeah, every year they they put out a list of yeah. you know the ducks you have to. You have you pick a duck out of the list of ducks they want on the duck stamp, and then you you use one of those ducks. So I don't know, maybe it's made the list and never made it to a stamp, because every year there there's like four or five ducks that they can put on the duck stamp they can choose from to put on the duck stamp. It's not just a free-for-all.
2: Has the Whistler made it? Whistler yeah, was actually Whistler. last year. Oh,
0: last year, yeah. yeah. Jeez, made we it just a couple said that. Times. 1990, uh, the Whistler was on there. Actually, the guy who won the duck stamp contest this year uh, won it in 1990 with the Whistler.
2: All right. Yeah, I forgot last year. Yep.
3: I don't see the kudo even on the list of
0: no. species. No, probably
3: never even made a list. <laughs> yeah.
2: Tell you what, man... We were covered up in whistling ducks last At Saturday. I'm not telling you where. Yeah. Don't tell where. They were, and, and it was crazy because we were, obviously we were, we were pursuing teal <laughs> to no avail. And we saw whistlers flying um, and they looped around us, but we never saw them come back in. Still don't know how they got there, but then we pulled out and decided we were going to go knock down a couple of more hens. And as we started running up on these on, on, on this water cover on these I don't even want to tell people what, what kind of water cover it is, because so I don't want to give it away. But um also I'm like, holy cow, those are whistling ducks. And you thought for sure as you're approaching them that they would get up and they didn't, they just went deeper into the cover. Like there was a deep the kind of water cover it was. <laughs> and, and like that was unusual. Like they didn't even they didn't even leave. So Were we, nobody's where? shooting at them yet.
1: Where
0: was I when this happened?
1: You were obviously not there. Probably at home because me and Dad were dove hunting.
2: Yeah, it was well, a, no it was Jim went I dove hunting,
1: so it was pre dove hunt.
2: Yeah, it was pre dove hunt. We oh, had a okay. good day, man. We did not get oh, teal. Yeah. We got crows, moorhens, and doves. That was a
1: so
0: y'all dove hunted that morning and or dove hunted duck hunted afternoon. that morning and dove hunted in the afternoon. Yeah, how did it? How'd the dove hunt go? We were not in the right
1: location. Location, location. The, the, yeah. the doves were there. We weren't where the dubs were.
2: We still got a fair amount, but Gene Weldon went back to another public spot that we went to last year where nobody shot a dang thing. He said they're blotting out the sun. You know, yeah. <laughs> so we went to a, a different place, and, and some people went through boxes of shells that is not a good measure no that's true because some of those no. guys are, we no. we saw some dudes were taking
1: shots from at, here to the gas station and <laughs> i don't th- yeah i don't th- exaggerate it. he's shooting at doves that are 85 yards, yards man, like oh,
2: i can barely see that bird <laughs> yeah
1: wham
3: wham wham
1: no, you didn't get it yeah you see a guy that's like maybe 80 yards from us wham 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 and you're like what is he shooting at Oh my gosh, that one!
2: <laughs> oh
0: look he's, at that! He's slinging them uh, three and a half inch number four long range turkey tungsten's.
3: Yeah, <laughs> hey, the, the best one was Jordan says, "Dad, one landed right by you, right out in front of you, right out in front of you, landed out there." I was like, "Where?" I'm like, "Where?" Jordan starts walking over, and I look,
1: there it is. It's already dead. Somebody shot. <laughs> we don't even know where it came from. That's I just, how bad the shooting was. I just caught it out of the corner of my eye, hit the ground in front of him. And it looked like it just flew and landed there. And walk, I walked over there, and he was like, "Oh, there it is, right there." And it's just dead, right there on the ground. I was like,
2: first one I shot, I had put it in bucket. I had to wait for it to." I, I turned around; it was sitting on a tractor. <laughs> I'm like, what? "Can't shoot that." And then it took off and gave me that perfect like. If you're shooting skeet, Station Seven Low House, just and straight away. I should have let it keep going for a little while, cause. When I went over and picked it up, the head was gone. Just, like, totally gone. And uh, when I, I, I did deep fry it, and it was it took a little work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There was a couple of them in there that came, came in there at dang light speed. You're like, dove, Oh, all right, cool, not
2: shooting at that one.
0: I, I'm looking forward to getting out and doing some dove hunting, but I want to let it cool off a little bit first, let those migrators get down here a little better.
2: Oh, we were shooting all local birds. You know, yeah, they were yeah. small
0: it's It's a little early yet for for migrators, but when you get into that like January time frame when it's still dove season down here in Florida, when it's you know you're not sitting out there blazing hot all day in the sun, although I do feel like that is part of a traditional southern duck hunt it's it, or dove hunt is to just be sweating so hot, it's yeah. unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> sitting
1: there just bsing with each other How and not? then dove flies by and you're like well maybe we should have been
3: i've got some pretty good birds at work i'm thinking about just setting a bunch of mouse traps out because they all <laughs> congregate in the same little spot I, i've seen them Letting several them get days in, in a row i'm just thinking little bird seeds some mice traps hey wouldn't be the first time you've caught a bird in a mousetrap would it <laughs> no <laughs> that one wasn't on purpose <laughs>
0: I remember coming back from hunting and that dang rat trap on the edge of the porch had that little Tweety bird in it, that finch.
2: So did you guys comment on the um, changes in Florida with regards to pigeons? And I did. Uh, I'm all for it. Yeah, me too. I was like, just no season, no limit, man. I didn't see it. That it's So
0: they just sent out an email. Uh, for so we, a, we can go down to changes. Lake Eola
3: and shoot pigeons? <laughs> no. <it was> <laughs>
0: The thing to do at that point would be to find you. You've got we do have some dairy farms around here, where you've got large congregations of cows <laughs> in one spot,
2: banging the silos. <laughs>
0: but yeah, I, I mean seriously, because those the pigeons carry disease and stuff like that. You probably have a pretty decent chance of getting to be like, hey, in just out of nowhere, in the middle of you know, out of all seasons, hey, can I come out here and,
1: and kill off a bunch of your pigeons for you? Yeah, just have a good old pigeon shoot. I'd yeah. be down for it.
0: I bet they taste the same. They do. I've eaten more just than Just a one. larger breasted dove.
2: Yeah, it's it's, like, a, it's actually a rock dove.
0: Yeah. Yep. So have you seen uh, the Florida rock dove? I know you've heard one. You just don't know you've heard one. When you're sitting there and you're uh, you're out in, I, I see them a lot of times in subdivisions. You just hear that.
3: Whoop. Whoop. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoop. That's a rock dove. And they are tiny, like the size of that beer can tiny.
3: Wasn't that the first bird you shot, Jim? It yeah. The other day? <laughs>
2: yeah, I think you're talking about... I think you've confused <laughs> rock dove with ground dove.
3: <laughs> We've seen quite a they few of
2: them. They were
1: just the same size.
3: All they do is make you jerk. You're like, oh.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A rock dove is a pigeon. The little tiny ones are, are ground doves.
3: We are they? We called them turtle doves. Turtle... I thought that's that's what
0: you uh, what you, you No, ring necks are about the size of a pigeon. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're huge, and they are an invasive species. Um, but you had that... So they just sent an email if you bought a hunt license in the past um, for the changes to this next season. That was one of the things. That it had, you know, pigeons and... Um, what was it? Muscovy
1: ducks and... Ooh, I'll uh, be about it. Oh, Lord. What are those geese? Egyptian geese. Oh, Egyptian you're not, not allowed to kill those right now?
0: Uh I don't know. I know where some are.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh
3: we would uh we would get thrown out quick fast and in a hurry. I know where plenty of Muscovies are. Oh yeah, man. You can't hunt it, downtown uh, Mount Dor to boat ramp, uh, though. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think there's I think Muscovies are are I think it's their livestock if they're standing on your property, they're fair game.
0: Yeah, on private property. Yeah. yeah.
2: Those, yeah. a few, harvested a few of those too. I've heard they eat wonderful, <laughs> they' good, they're huge, yeah,
0: they are absolutely nice. Cameron
2: Gordon, yeah, there you go. He
0: <laughs> traps them, yeah, but I would love to get find a spot where I could flush some of those suckers up. Well, I mean, I mean, I know a spot where you could park a boat and flush
2: some up and but down at some gas stations, you can go flush some up. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oddly enough, I think it's about every hood gas station I'm stopped at, and I can tell yeah, you I'm this:
0: <laughs> Muscovy ducks are strong. They're strong. I tried to snatch one one time. Off I say, how do you know that? So, uh, Briar and I were out one night uh, at an undisclosed location, and they were roosted on the railing of the dock. And I was like, I'm gonna snatch one of those. And I grabbed a hold of it, and I had I I when I grabbed the hen. Um, I didn't get one of her wings, and she whooped the shit out of me, <laughs> and got away. But she—I was really surprised at how strong she was. I mean, I—I I knew they were big, but when you really get a hold of her, it's like holding on to. She was smaller than the than the Drakes. She was still bigger than a chicken, yeah. And she was going to town on me. I was like, all right, never mind. I let it go.
2: <laughs> I imagine, you know, you're a fairly thick fella. But I imagine if something got a hold of you and you really thought it was either. <laughs> you'd be, yeah. be squirming for your life it's too. It's the end? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You might have some Frankenstein strength in you too, that's, buddy. That's, <laughs> the, you know?
0: that's the life the life or death, you know, the, the fight or flight. And
1: uh, they chose flight. Yeah. Well, <laughs> along with the fight. Yeah. yeah. Man, I tell you, being fortunate enough to go out and go banding this year, uh, I caught what I would assume was a hen whistler because she had a brood with her. Yeah. Those things are strong. Oh, yeah. As shit. How about the babies? They were easy, man. I picked up, like, literally pulled up to the brood and they separated, and it was just, like, a head in in between each finger. (laughs) (laughs) Do them in the box. So you banded a bunch of wood ducks? Yeah. Banded a ton of wood ducks. I'm total... But I think we banded eight eight one time. We probably banded close to 10 or 15. We're probably close to 15 or more wood ducks. Who'd you go banding with? FWC. The question is, how do we catch coots and band those? That would be tricky. You'd have to catch them when they're molting.
0: You'd have to. Well, they wouldn't be here. Yeah, you have so to do that, or you have to catch them
2: with a the net. Yeah. Do they actually band coots?
1: They no. haven't banded coots
0: since the '60s, I think. But they do get banded.
3: Hmm. We know where you could band some whistlers
1: with a net. Yeah, yeah. I banded some whistlers. That was a blast, man. That, gosh. Tell us about it be able to do that as a job it was fun so we had the airboat out and then we would run through the spatter dock we just kind of idled through the spatter dock i had a spotlight she had a spotlight and then either i would spot it or she would spot it whoever spotted it pointed it out with a light and uh she would speed the airboat up and i would lay on the front of the airboat and then as we pass it i just snatch it out of the water and then she had a little pin with like a funnel on it in her boat and you just threw it in the pin that was it. Picked a bunch of them up and then we would go through and she would sex them and throw a band on it and then set it free. So,
0: how do you how are you getting that band on is it kind of open you just slip it around the columbic Yeah, ankle and so pitch it's it open. Closed?
1: Well, no, it's already closed. She's got it, she had a bunch on like a a necklace. Gotcha. Essentially. And then she would throw it on there. She'd take her she had like special banding pliers. Yeah. And she would open it up with the pliers, put it over the leg and then it had just a circle on the back of the pliers that the band fit perfectly inside of and she'd pinch it real tight and then take it and kind of bend it down a little bit and pinch it tight again and then make sure it wasn't going to come off and record everything and then set it free. And is all you guys did was was leg bands? Yeah.
0: No web bands on babies or anything
1: no. like that? No, we just had leg bands. But it was cool. She taught me a lot about, uh, I couldn't name it right now off the top of my head, but taught me a lot about how to actually like Sex a bird via feathers until its age. Right. And everything, which was really cool. Because, you know, a similar, we caught a bunch of drakes that your average person go, oh, that's a hen. But it's a hatchier, it was a hatchier drake that just hadn't molted into its adult feathers yet. Right. So that's pretty neat. Yeah. So you learned quite a bit there. Yeah, it was awesome. So how did you get involved in that? Oh, I had. A friend that just said, hey, I was going to take my son out and uh, we got a football game or football practice, so we can't go. You want to go? And I said, yeah. Gave me a number, called her up, and she was like, well, let's go here, here, and here. I was like, I'm all right. Meet me at, she said, meet me at nine o'clock at the ramp. Met her there. Went that one night and she's like, you're a really good catcher. Want to I, go I, again? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was leaning over the front of the, I had just caught a duck when she was like, you're a really good catcher. I turned back to her and I said, I wouldn't normally take that as a compliment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then we went again again. Yeah, you guys made it I remember you sent him pictures. I think you did you you made a TikTok of that, didn't you? Some of yeah. the photos from that? Yeah, I think I did, yeah. Yeah. And all the all the ducks you guys had in that little pen. I was wondering if, if she had used that as a, like that was a trap that you guys used in those ducks. No, but
1: so to... I never got to see one, but she has, somehow has some traps too. She banded a bunch of whistlers out of traps. Somehow she sets a trap with bait or something, and I don't know. It was out of somebody's backyard that allowed her to put traps back there. Oh, I know. And then the duck gets in the trap, and then. Yeah, that's it.
3: Yeah,
0: they find
1: the way in. Camp, kind of like I'm assuming
0: it's kind of like a fish trap where you can just get as
1: many in there as you
3: can. And they find their Probably, way in, yeah. and can't get back out. I bet I know a backyard they could advance get some whistlers in. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Any backyard along
1: ah, the water mm. with a retention pond. Yeah. Yeah, and you could <laughs> you can go behind the uh, what's it uh, the Hardies and. Leesburg, Tavares, yeah. that pond back there, <laughs> oh my gosh. it's
0: already filling up now, gosh, I drove by there the other day, uh, when I was at work, and there was, there was probably 20 of them back in there, <laughs> and that pond might be 40 feet
1: wide oh, by dude. 100 yeah. feet long, the pond by the dealerships the other day, I drove past there, the one that gets slapped full of hydrilla, yeah, there was like freaking 20 wood ducks in it.
0: I see them out there. I always watch that pond to know when the birds are starting to migrate down. I yeah. start seeing the hoodies out there and hooded yeah. mergansers all in that pond. Because uh, you drive by the on the drive by on the highway, you just see the white heads. Yeah, they're all yep. combed out, searching around, and they will literally be there all day long.
1: Dude, Four- it was like twelve o'clock in the afternoon yep. when I'd seen the twenty wood ducks on that pond.
3: Yeah, forty six and uh, full forty one that pond when you're getting. From four forty one to get on forty six, and you go over the bridge, you come down that pond on your right. you Usually see,
1: oh Magandras yeah, yeah yeah, out there. yeah, yeah, the one that I they put the road yet. right through the middle of. Yeah, yeah, yep,
0: yeah. I've seen them down in there too. We're talking about that one right there at four forty one in in uh, like East Crooked East Crooked Lake. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. by that old yeah. used car dealership, yeah. that one fills up with dang ducks too. Yep, look at that, and I'm like, man, if only I could get away with that
2: yeah gotta <laughs> figure out where they're coming from that's
0: the that, that's the trick is it the thing too is a lot
1: of those lakes around that area they're all private private yeah and they're completely surrounded by houses yeah is it
3: Lake Gertrude yeah on the back side
0: Gertrude and then East Crooked Lakes on the other side yeah. of it
2: I used to know some folks that live on Crooked Lake I wonder if I I'll bet they know somebody. They'd probably get us on there.
0: There's some spots on Crooked Lake we could we could squeeze into. Oh, absolutely, I know Because there's, that there's some
2: spot naming. No, yeah, we can try to gangster in the Crooked Lake. Hey, that's that's
0: private. That's private lake, you know. But we got our own private holes. slot in there. Speaking of, we gotta we gotta talk to a, I already talked to
1: Evan. Uh, the other day, I went and bought a a NAB light or an anchor light for my boat from him that he made. But uh, he said get out there. He said start working it. We're going to get out to, uh, you got to get a hold of Michelle. Yep, I got to get back a hold of Aunt Michelle. Get out there and scout that area. They got to be out there, man.
0: I'd, I would assume so. Let's go this weekend. Y'all have fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, I think one of my favorite spots I've come to love to duck hunt is is that flooded timber hole in the back of the... The lease in Georgia.
1: I wish I had more places like that around here. I could. Skeeter Pond.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You call it that. You get. Let me catch you back here trespassing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Track your lease in. (laughs) Dialed it in. There's some duck pond in Georgia.
0: You got to walk past so many trail cameras. (laughs) Yeah, I'd I'd know who you were. We gonna know who you you are by the time you get there. (laughs) To include the one right by it, but that little pond is it's it's so tiny in the summertime and then when the when the river comes up in the winter it floods all that timber down in there i remember you know if you look at our uh captivate website or even our our facebook page the top photo where we're walking through and waiters was in that that flooded timber hole and when we went back there over the summer back in july yeah you could where i was standing like i posted pictures of it to the group yeah i was standing in the in the wintertime we took a picture against the same tree and I'm like just below the the wader line there where I'm gonna get water in my waders and just stand there in the summertime
1: and it's mud. Yeah, stand there on dry ground, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't call it dry. Yeah, but you weren't like, you know, sinking up to your mid your maybe ankle deep in mud. Yeah. But That's crazy. It's pretty neat how it does all that. And then every year, you know, the seats change
0: because when the water floods through, it pushes this different dead tree down through there, that different dead tree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So where you can and can't sit on a dead log changes from year to year. But you found quite a few uh, duck mount pieces of wood down in there. Yeah. That's why I love going down
1: through there, man. I got a thing for dead wood. You need to find a place to store that dead wood. Yeah, other than hunting camp. It's funny
3: because you pick a log up out of there and it... It, it's heavy Oh yeah, It weighs 75, 80 pounds, and you go pick it up now, and it's like picking up a piece of balsa wood. Oh, yeah, because it's so
0: full of water. Yeah. Let it dry out up there, and you pick it up. That one long that weighed 40 pounds now weighs two. Yeah. Yeah. But it feels spongy when you're picking it up now.
2: So on this, on this lease you've got in Georgia that's got the wood ducks, have you had to do anything to cultivate those ducks, or were, were they just there?
1: You know, we've just been fortunate enough for them to be there um just kind of one afternoon heard some ducks so let's go ahead and go down there and check it out and they were just there but we do have our uh, our little private spot here and uh in town and about the only thing we've done there is just try to open up some vegetation give them a place to land make it more attractive to them
2: gotcha you know there's some I know some folks in Ducks Unlimited that did a pretty good job of building boxes, and they're saying that they're starting to see more and more, more and more ducks. And uh, you know, I pulled something up off of Ducks Unlimited that when they do their surveys, the the mean or one way I calculate an average, the mean um, annual duck box occupancy. I assume that means that the ones that are actually maintained and you know not <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: not sideways and <laughs> top blown. Yeah. off how of, many times you know,
3: you're on the boat and you see you see. You know, wood duck boxes, but they're all, Half they look smashed. like trash. Well, we're going to fix, fix them. It's yeah. part of doing it is taking care of it. Well, that's that's part of what we're going to try and do when we get our ducks boxes build going this year is replace a lot of those ones that are
0: Not just losing. run all down. Yeah. Because, you know, I think you and I, Jim, you and I talked about this. Once a wood duck is raised in a box, so a wood duck naturally seeks out, a hen will naturally seek out um, like a natural hole in a tree first. Um, and then if, if she was raised in a hole in a tree, she naturally, she seeks out a hole in a tree before she seeks out a wood duck box. If the, if the available natural nesting area is taken, then she seeks out a box now. But if she was raised in a box, she actively seeks out a box before she seeks out a tree.
3: Makes sense
2: to a certain extent. Yeah.
3: I don't, I don't know how they survive the incoming flight into a box when you're going mock Jesus and you hit that hole at mock Jesus. And how, how do you survive? How do you survive that? I mean, it's like almost like running into a brick wall.
1: They're nimble, man. They're extremely nimble.
0: She must turn, she must hit that hole, turn flat, put her feet against the back, and then land on the bottom.
1: I was going to say, you've seen them come in the timber, man. Oh, yeah. Upside down. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But wood duck boxes, that's one of the cool things about wood ducks is that you can build nesting habitat for them.
1: Yeah. Which is actually a really big thing for us, too, because you talk about like they seek out a tree, and then with some of our advancing uh, development. We're losing trees. So if we're able to provide those birds with that habitat that they need to nest.
0: You know, not only do they seek out, you know, we talk about they try to return to the same place they were raised when they nest. So wherever their mother nested where they were raised, they'll come back to that same area to nest again.
2: It's good news. So then, going back to building boxes, if it's about 69% of the boxes that you put out, if 69% of them get occupied, the mean clutch size is 12 eggs. Now, not all those eggs are viable or hatch or some of them get squished, I get you know, Something gets in and eats them, but um, so about 60% of the eggs that are laid hatch. And this is the really good thing. So for the nests that have at least one egg hatch, the hatching success is 83%. So I assume that wow. means that eighty-three percent of nests that have at least one egg hatch make a duck. Now, what I don't know is how many of those little ducks get swallowed by bass or picked off by alligators or whatnot. But that's still pretty good because that, I think you can just kind of translate that. And if they're having twelve, if they're having twelve eggs, and sixty percent of those things hatch, that's seven. That's seven hatchlings. On average,
1: yeah. Is there is there a, a statistic for how many of them make it to adulthood? Or
2: I don't know, but if you get sixty nine percent of your box, just this is really rough math. If you get sixty nine percent of your boxes getting occupied, and a bunch of eggs, kind of running through eighty three percent. So if you had a hundred boxes, sixty nine get occupied, eighty three percent of those crank out a duck. That's fifty seven ducks. Yeah, so it's probably not fifty seven. I don't know what the mortality rate is or how many of those roughly it's still a lot. I mean you you put up a hundred boxes and you're probably talking about putting and that's remember success rate would just be one. It could it's one or more. So it might very well be that for every hundred boxes you put up, you're cranking out another fifty bu- fifty ducks a year. Of which I don't know how many survive to adulthood and get to then mate. But yeah. I th- that's that seems like a pretty good success rate. So I would think like we're gonna put Fifty boxes out, and our Ducks Unlimited's got another plan to put another twenty-five or fifty out, all in areas that will, you know, to be named later. But it's amazing with just a handful of guys, and I gotta give props to Joey Lyon because he's the wood duck box godfather, constantly on the lookout for material to get a donated, do this stuff for free. But if we put a hundred boxes out just between a couple of groups we're going to have a pretty substantial impact on the population. So it's good for ducks and serves out good for us.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. It out really well. And it's, I, you know, what I've
0: started to see too is I kind of wonder, and I, I haven't done any research into this, but uh, black-bellied whistling ducks are also tree ducks and they nest very similarly to wood ducks. And I, I know that, I've, I've heard people say they've seen them try to fit their big bodies inside of a wood duck nest box. I wonder if you could build a bigger nest box for a black belly whistling duck.
2: Why don't we try it? We sure as heck know a couple places. would be good places to put them up to see. Yeah. Just build a bigger wood duck box. I, want,
0: I wonder, well, we know they're nesting down here. We've seen broods of them. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It'd be something to try. Because I know you, you can do wood duck boxes. Uh, I like to call them wood duck boxes, but you'll get mergansers will nest in wood duck boxes too. Um, so wood duck boxes get wood ducks and mergansers, and I wonder if you could build a little bit bigger box for that. And then you can do hen houses, uh, which they traditionally do for mallards, but down here in Florida, we could do that for You're model ducks. For models, yeah. yeah,
2: I just got a lot of fun. somebody selling. Somebody is actually selling. Black-bellied whistling duck houses for 121 bucks a piece, and they look an awful lot
1: like a wood duck box.
0: Yeah, I was saying. I, I, I would assume bigger. it's it's almost just like a wood duck box, except a little bit bigger. Yeah, because it is
1: maybe a little bit bigger hole. Yeah, yeah.
0: I assume a bigger hole in a bigger box, a little bit bigger of a box. But at that point, if you built, you know, black-bellied whistling duck boxes, I don't see why they would not also attract wood ducks and mergansers. And everything that nests inside that that hole in a tree like that
2: hole oh, might be a little big for a wood duck. I think the isn't that one of the things that are really particular about the hole size.
0: I'm not sure. It's possible though.
2: That'd be man. something to look into. Yeah, you know, the, this is like the gift that keeps on giving, <laughs> man. You,
1: you know, <laughs> the first night banding, I asked uh, the biologist. I was like, "What? So, how come?" Because she was talking about they only band like Florida native ducks, right? So or wood ducks or or ducks that are going to be resident resident ducks right so they Mm. banned uh wood ducks and model ducks i said well how come we don't ban whistlers and she's like we haven't officially started a whistler banding program she said but we banned them we have started to band them because they're such a rapidly advancing population that are becoming residential, that we're trying to get ahead of it now before we start a program for it specifically. Right. We're starting to get
2: those things in Ohio and places like
0: oh, that. Oh, I know, man. They're exploding everywhere. I used to see them all over Georgia, southeast Georgia, when I lived
1: in Georgia. Uh, you really me- think, if they already have a success rate like yeah. they do now, imagine the success rate if you were to put boxes up to yeah. provide them with even more nesting
0: habitat. As dumb as they seem, they must be extremely hardy. Just have a a, a good survivability rate. I
1: would say they must, <laughs> their hatch and survival to maturity rate's got to be. You know what it is, though? Proof.
0: I do believe they also have two broods a year. Okay. And I think that's, that's
1: why they. So if you're looking at, if they're around the same statistics as a wood duck for your hatch and survival, if they have two broods a year, you're looking at 100 boxes putting out 100 ducks a year. And
0: that's why you are. That's right. That's another reason why you don't see uh, white. as much as we would, we think we would like to see the black belly whistling duck added to the early season down here, because we have early teal and wood duck for the first few days of early season. You wouldn't want to add the black belly whistling duck to it, because just as we saw in our travelings, is they some of them do have a second brood at that time, where they still have babies. Hmm.
3: The difference between a wood duck box hole for the, the hole itself is, is a half-inch. Black Belly Whistler is a half-inch higher, and it's an inch and a half wider. Same dimensions? Same dimensions. Of the Pretty much same dimensions of the box.
2: I was looking at the plans on there. It was 12 by 12 base, and you put your walls on that. And I think that the PVC that we've got is either 10 or 12-inch PVC. No,
3: you're right. Wood duck is nine nine 9.25 inches wide. So you okay. get twelve inches for a for a black belly whistler.
2: So yeah, it's just a little bit bigger of a yeah. box then. Yep. You know, but that'll be interesting if, if four by if six I remember,
3: four by six is the hole for a whistler.
0: Yeah.
2: So, so if I remember some of the pipe that we've got is twelve inch pipe. Mark and Werner. some is ten. So if that's true, we should be throwing some we should cut some bigger holes. Yeah, in the twelve inch pipe, cut bigger holes. Yeah. Because yeah, they're why both twenty two inches tall, man. Throw some of those out in the in the places we know and
1: yeah. See
2: if we can add some more
1: orange beaks. I'm about it because I love shooting whistlers. Oh, they're,
2: they're big ducks too, man. Oh, There's man, a meal there. so
0: good. That was one of the first ducks I ever killed. Was whistle. Yeah. The first duck I ever killed was a wood duck. And then mine too. subsequently, about 20 minutes later, I laid into some whistlers. Yeah. And that was a barrel burning shoot, man. Oh, it was dude, a lot of fun. I, just, I love them. And then I was hooked. That's all it takes. It's like, you know, when I took, uh, one of my coworkers, I took him and his son out the, (laughs) the first weekend of wood duck and deal. And they had never been duck hunting before, but, uh, it was me, my coworker and my coworkers, 11 year old son. And we had a hen wood duck come in just after, uh, sunrise. And she landed in the decoys off to our right. And I told his son, I said, all right, I'm going to lean back. I just want you to stand up and, and lean across me. And, and shoot her so he stands up boom laser out flat i was like good job dude good job so we go through all this and the whole rest of the day and i ended up killing i killed a drake and that was about all we saw well we saw plenty more just too late because not paying attention but uh as we're idling back to the idle zone back to uh the ramp his son says i didn't see that duck what do you mean you didn't see the duck he's like well i I couldn't see her on the, I didn't see her in the lily pads. Well, he said, I just saw a dark spot, so that's what I shot at. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you shot the right dark spot. Yeah. <laughs> man, it's awesome. I love getting the opportunity every year to get new people out into it. Because people are like, I've never been duck hunting. And you're like, man, it's fun. And they're like, yeah, I bet it is fun. And you take them and they're like, holy cow. that was. When are we going again? That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. <laughs>
0: It's, it's a lot of fun i I, I think uh, it's fun to get people out there who've never duck hunted before because you don't realize you know one of the things you miss from from deer hunting. I mean I love deer hunting for the payload but the uh, the camaraderie and the conversations and the you yeah. know, cooking the breakfast and just hanging out in the duck blind is something you don't well it's something you don't find really outside of bird hunting in particular yeah you can kind of get the same type of camaraderie on a dove field. Uh, stuff like that. You just don't have to be quiet, which is.
2: You know, all the different hunting, like Western western big game hunting is popular, well, f- partially for payload, but also because so much of it you've really got to earn. You're going to walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have that here. So it makes sense that whitetail deer hunting is very, very popular payload. And you kind of get to cultivate them and farm them. Just mm-hmm. if you've got a lease, or the public land is always a challenge. The challenge Scout, on public I'm, land is, is is the scouting and positioning and battling off, you know, th- thirty five guys that are within one hundred yards of you. But when it comes down to the wing shooting, the thing I think I like the most about wing shooting is the odds are still with the bird. Yeah, I mean finding <laughs> them is already hard enough for getting them to come in, but the odds are still with the bird, whether it's snipe, whether it's uh, doves, quail. Ducks, right, changes a little bit with turkeys because by the time the turkey comes in, finding them is a hard part, getting them in. But once they're in range, the the odds are no longer with the bird. Don't
3: think them ducks don't use the wind to their advantage, just like dove, because they do. That's what I mean. (laughs) The
2: the odds are still with the bird.
3: That tailwind kicks up, and they're flying now. Yeah, that's what he's saying. The the bird still has the advantage. That's right. Yeah,
0: I have to disagree with you on turkeys, Jim. All the ones I've had in range have evidently very much still had the advantage on me. Uh, maybe that's just me, though. I was going to say, that's... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although you think, you man, I've gotten in some spots for ducks where you're like, man, this is going to be a shootout, man. We're going to limit. And then the first bunch comes through and you're like, once you get settled down, you sit back down. I, I catch myself all the time thinking... I never even once. I just got so excited I didn't even get down on the bead. <laughs> I just stood up and wham, wham, wham.
2: I <clears throat> I found that that happened to me with the dove hunt we did. The first when the first one came in cuz the saw on the tractor was so easy. It was like it was like shooting skeet. Yeah. But then there were so few and far between that when they ran the gauntlet of the other guys they were unloading on them. And they got to us. I'd throw the gun up and bam, and like I'd have the how do I say that you'd have the sight picture, and then wonder why didn't the why didn't the bird die? And it took me a while to realize that I was looking, I was looking down on the on the bridge. I was I didn't get I wasn't getting all around yeah. and looking, getting the nice flat sight picture.
1: And you get people that are like, man, I need to go shoot some shoot some clays, right? That'll be good for me. I'm like, that's a completely different story though, because you put me on clays, son, I'll tear clays up all day long, but I just, my adrenaline gets pumping so much when it comes to hunting that I don't, I can tell myself, I can do it and tell myself, all right, get on the beat next time, birds come in, I just completely forget what I just told myself.
0: Well, the, you know, shooting clays develops muscle memory to yep. where you mm-hmm. do get onto the bead instinctively.
2: And there's things, it depends on what you're trying to do. you Are you trying to break 25 birds? Because if you are, depending on what rules you're using, you either have to have the gun against your hip or you can actually have the gun shouldered. And obviously having, having the gun shouldered and waiting for the bird and all, that's what, you're going to break more clays. But if you want to use that as an exercise, because originally the guys that came up with the game of skeet were doing it because they wanted to be better... I think they were actually trying to be better dove hunters. I think it was specifically doves. Um There's all kinds of games you can play where you go out there and just say bird. But don't, the guy who's going to pull is not going to tell you if it's going to be high house or low house. Right? And you have to have your gun down by your side. And then even put a delay in it. So you say bird. But he might take three, four, five seconds. You never know when he's going to hit the button. Yeah. And all those things will make you a much better shooter, right? Um, So, and it's like anything else, man. If I'm out, if I take the time to go out and even take a couple trips to the skeet range, you know, because sporting clays is hard to find. It's expensive. but Skeet's pretty inexpensive. You go out there and do that, you're going to knock down more birds in the shoot. You just will.
1: I can see the muscle memory. That makes sense. I love
0: shooting five stand. Yeah, except for the rabbit.
2: Yeah. I know. Down Isn't the crazy? on the ground.
0: The rabbit can screw himself. That is the most
2: <laughs> unpredictable clay out there. They don't it Looks like it should be so easy. Oh, yeah, absolutely it does. And so is the the one that goes straight up and dies and then you know the dying clay then comes Yeah.
3: Whoosh.
2: Man it's it's like it's so deceiving cuz you think I'm just going to wait for it to stop. And that is when you're supposed to break it. But you have to anticipate when it's going to stop. Right. Because if you shoot it when it stops, you shoot over it every time. Right. So hard. I hate that
0: game. But the rabbit, man, that sucker, They, they if you shoot a place that has uh, like a, a good five stand setup and they run all the time, you'll see a trail across in front of you where the rabbit runs. And a lot of times it'll be, you know, broken clay or whatever. Uh, but... It, it always seems to be that it hits a different rock every time when it runs across and it gets that jump somewhere in there that didn't get the, I mean, you watch shooting five stand with five other guys and rotating through the stands and you'll watch somebody else shoot the, rabbit, shoot the rabbit, shoot the rabbit, shoot the rabbit, shoot the rabbit. And it does this jumps, you know, three feet from the, the house. One time, six feet from the house. The next one time it doesn't jump at all. You never know when that sucker's just going to take off six feet in the air. Cause it hit a rock or hit an uneven patch of ground. Yeah.
2: But it's a lot of fun. Uh, so. It's hard enough to hit just because the, because it's on the ground. I found my headache with a rabbit. Because it's on the ground, for some reason, I shorten my lead and I shoot behind the damn thing. And what's even worse is you get insulted because you see just how far behind you, behind that damn mm-hmm. rabbit you were. <laughs> yeah, I was three feet behind it.
0: But, well, let's get into the tip of the week, man. I, I tell you... Uh, my tip of the week is you are technically supposed to take your duck stamp and put it on your license. And the hard card has become a a newer thing. I order a hard card every year when I order my license, just because it's nice to have. If I wash my wallet, I don't ruin a paper license or whatever. Uh, And especially out duck hunting where you're probably going to get wet at least once or twice or 10 times throughout the season. I take my, duck stamp and I put it on the front of my hard card license and then I take a piece of packing tape and I basically laminate the front of my license with it and I'll wrap it around the back of the license that way as it sits in my wallet I mean you you, you can pull your credit cards out debit cards and look at those now and you see the scratches and stuff from sand that gets in your wallet or wherever you carry that stuff but you put that tape over top of it and it protects it from getting peeled off because if you lose it there's no telling the game warden oh well I lost it and uh, you know you gotta go buy another one which isn't a bad thing
1: for conservation, but that's another 25 bucks. Yeah. I beg to differ because Texas came and let me show it to him on my phone. <laughs> you got lucky. I know.
2: You were the only one that got lucky on that because huh? that guy threw the book at everybody he could for anything he could.
1: I said, I swear I got it. <laughs> I got it on my FWC app. I swear. He's like, well, go get your phone. <laughs> what you guys got? I'm going to say practice, man. We talked about clay shooting. Oh, come on, man. That's mine. <laughs> practice, 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 man. Go shoot some clays. And if you got somewhere to shoot clays, hit me up because I want to go shoot some clays too.
0: <laughs> hey, you can get a clay thrower on Amazon for like 40 bucks. A spring-loaded clay thrower. Nice. We used to have one when I lived in Tennessee. Bought it on Amazon for like 40 bucks. It will throw doubles. That's about all it would You're do. you to have to Singles wait like doubles. six months for it now, but... Yeah, but...
2: <laughs> That's going to be my tip of the week that while you're throwing clay since I already really gave it during the podcast and then you poached it (laughs) Mr. Original that yeah you want to throw doubles. You definitely want to throw doubles because getting used to coming back and grabbing that second one. That is probably the number one thing that you can do uh, that'll, that'll really improve your timing. And then depending on where you're shooting and how cringy the range master is you know get off the pad. If you're shooting on a, a typical eight-station uh, skeet field, if they'll let you get off the pad and walk up so the angles change, um, and then you're shooting doubles, or if you can shoot doubles on station eight, things like that, those all those are all big-time things that'll help you start judging your birds. So you don't just get that same, you know, picture every single time.
0: You're thinking about different scenarios too. You could shoot doubles with one round in the, with one round in the gun, and have to reload to shoot a second because I'd tell you how many Good times luck. I've had I know
2: but it's practice. You could. Well, yeah. I and shoot It's funny cuz I go out and if I'm going to shoot clays a lot of times, just purely to shoot clays, I've got the you know the Browning Satori over under um but go shoot, if you if you're shooting clays to improve your hunting, go shoot your clays with the gun that you're going to hunt with. You shouldn't if you're, shooting, mm-hmm. if you're Using a shotgun, man, get out there and ratchet that, rack that pump between doubles. Um, but don't don't go hunt. hunt go, don't go shooting with your Browning Satori, and then get out there with your um,
0: Stoger Your M three thousand
2: exactly
3: on the on the ducks. If you're going to build your duck houses, maintain them don't just stick it out there i mean you drive around a lake and you see them all sitting on the side they're falling apart take care of what you're going to put out there if you're you're defeating the purpose build it right i mean there's plenty of websites you can google to get the measurements get everything right uh if you're not going to build it right it's not going to work uh, build it right in placement put yeah. it in the right spot part
0: of the wood duck boxes is is, is the, maintenance, but the- yeah thing too is, I mean, you can go out and check those things and see if you have a successful hatch and there, there's all ways to do that and check on your broods and make sure you got your spacing right when you put them out so you don't end up with
1: dump nesting and
3: clean them out. Check for wasps. So They're see not
1: supposed it, to be within sight of each other.
2: Bring that wasp spray for your, your clean outs. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: You know, what was that
0: FWC told us was to put double-sided tape in the top of the
2: They did. They said that the double-sided tape, if you put it up on the inside corner, in the inside corners, that it will help to deter the wasps. I guess they get up in there, start rooting around, see it's all sticky, and say, I don't like it here, I'm going somewhere else.
0: Or the one out searching for a nest gets stuck and never goes back and finds his buddies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, true.
2: I think that's another thing, though, that's probably something where if you're then going to go back into your regimen. To clean them out, you got to make sure that you're taking uh, a razor knife and, and reapplying the tape. Because I got to think that the ducks themselves, stirring up dust and whatnot, are going to. Oh, I'm sure it
0: gets bad. nasty.
2: Yeah, but I don't know. That most important parts, you're putting the ducks out, the boxes out there, replacing the wood when it needs to be replaced, you know, and uh, replacing the fluff, the media, media,
0: yeah. Well, until next week, you guys, we are dying for some reviews. So if you can slide down an Apple podcast and give us an honest review, good, bad, and different, we need to, we'd need we love to hear it. Think there's something we need to change? We'll change it if it's possible. Uh, we can't make Jordan any prettier, not that you can see him. But
3: Something you want to hear more of.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I don't know, man. Jordan's been getting pretty pretty. Pretty pretty? He's I'm
0: been
1: trying. trying to, well, yeah, I'm starting to worry about Jim now.
2: Manicured the beard.
1: Yeah, think about growing
2: it back out for duck
0: season. He started. He started. uh, Well, he was. He started driving a Ford. Then so he had to cut his hair off.
1: Yeah.
2: Was it the comment I made to the young lady that she must have liked you for your personality? I
1: don't know which one. Ow! (laughs) Well,
2: until
0: next week, you guys. We'll catch you later.